2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 3, one verse. Paul writes, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, I like that probably because one of the reasons is because of how I'm hardwired. I like simple things. I could eat the same thing if it's any good. I could eat the same thing every day, every day, every day, every day. And some people are repulsed by that idea. I like cruise control in my truck. But other than that, I could crank my own windows down. I could do all that. Don't matter to me. I like simple things. And when I see that the gospel is intended to be simple, I like that. Not complicated. Not, oh, just for the snooty crowd. Just for the uppity ups. Just for the upper crust. No. God is intended for this thing to be for everybody. Father, we ask and pray for your blessing upon the words that will be spoken and heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me tell you one of Preacher Shell's many barbs that I get from time to time as far as I don't like your preaching. Now, I know that's shocking. But we have in the past got envelopes filled with little bitty remains of a CD sent back to us. So not everybody likes me. I'm a lovable little fuzzball. And the idea that everybody don't like me is just beyond me. But everybody don't like me. One of the, one of the things, the criticisms that I get are these. Preacher Shell tells too many jokes. Well, I can see that criticism today. The jokes wasn't that good <laughs> in the startup of this. Um, and number two, Preacher Shell tells way too many stories. And we don't like stories. We just want you to just strictly teach out of the Bible. Well, that's what I hear. I would have to ask the question back, what do these same critical thinkers think of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm. Let me say this as well. Benny Greenwald's here, and every time he's in the service, I always feel a little weird. <laughs> he, he was my basketball coach in, in high school, and he screamed at me so many times in school. <laughs> And I want to do, I want to do my best. <laughs> what would they think of Jesus who told about the prodigal son, who told the story of the good Samaritan, who told a story of a woman that had 10 coins, who told a story of a shepherd searching for the lamb, a sparrow in a tree, flowers of the field, salt of the earth, clothing, 
food, a harvest, a vineyard, a yoke, a house, seed, ground, thorns, fruit, leaves. He told all them kind of stories. And yet I see how Jesus expounded and taught the scripture. Simplicity is the method that he used to bring home profound truths that have shaped the world for 2,000 years. And yet the words wheresoever and the words everlasting are the longest words he ever used. My dad gave me one of the best pieces of advice and the best pat on the back that I've ever received when he told me, Mark, if someone is eight or 98, they understand what you're trying to say. I like that. I like that. We got people today that they want to get in real deep and talk real deep. And the very people that tell you that silver is the commodity of redemption in the Bible. And yet will never, that same person, never try to get someone redeemed. What good is that knowledge that they have? Or that gold is the symbol of God and deity in the Bible, and yet will never try to tell someone that deity came from heaven and robed himself in flesh. What good is that knowledge? Or brass is the symbol of judgment, and that same person would never warn anyone of a judgment to come. They are too smart by half. They are too smart times 0.5. Let me read you a story. A cowboy from Montana walked into a bank in New York City. New York City. (laughs) You're worth the wait, I'll just say that. (laughs) And he asked for a loan officer. He told the loan officer that he was going to Paris for an international rodeo for two weeks and he needed to borrow $5,000. Going to Paris for two weeks, needs to borrow $5,000. The bank officer told him that the bank would need some form of security for the loan. So the cowboy handed over the keys to his brand new Ferrari. The key was parked, the car was parked on the street in front of the bank. The cowboy produced the title, everything checked out. The loan officer agreed to hold the car's collateral for the loan and apologized for having to charge 12% interest. Later, the bank's president and all of its officers enjoyed a good laugh at the expense of the cowboy from Montana for using a quarter of a million dollar Ferrari as collateral for a $5,000 loan. An employee from the bank then drove the Ferrari into the bank's private underground garage and parked it. Two weeks later, the cowboy returned. He repaid the $5,000 and the interest of $23.07. The loan officer said, sir, we're very happy to have had your business. And this transaction has worked out very nicely, but we are a little puzzled. While you were away, we checked you out on Dunn and Broad Street and found that you are a highly sophisticated investor. Mm -hmm. 
You're a multimillionaire with real estate holdings all across the world. What puzzles us is this. Why would you bother to borrow $5,000? The good old Montana cowboy laughed and replied, where else in New York City could I park my car for two weeks and it only cost me $23.07? <laughs> Now, this is no reflection on Walt back there, bank, bank president, but here you had a bank president and the officers all too smart by half thinking that, oh, this guy is a clod. Why would he do something like that? And he was smarter than the whole bunch. Last year, a man called me up on the phone and went to express to me all the ways that he would pastor a church. Never mind, he never pastored a church never has in his life and still hasn't pastored a church. And he went in all the detail and all the Greek. And boy, that just wears me out when somebody starts doing that. I mean, I knew a little Greek. She run a bookstore over at Mount Vernon years back. <laughs> that's the Greek that I know. Oh, that's a good joke, but I just, <laughs> I don't know. And by the time that conversation went, where it would just yakety yak yak yakety yak yak yakety yak yak, breathe yakety yak yak yakety yak yak yakety yak, and I finally said, "Now let me share a Bible verse with you." Oh yeah, I said, "Here it is." Knowledge puffs up. You're really puffed up. Well, I never. I said, I bet you never. And it wasn't long after that, he hung up the phone. If you ever, and the chances are very, very slim, this happens. If you ever walk out of this church with the thought, Pastor Shell is so smart. If you ever think that, I failed. Ain't about how smart the preacher is. Not about how smart the preacher is. Let me remind you of how Jesus did it. Profound spiritual truths, he made them very understandable. Orchardville Branch, Fairfield Branch, you'll be listening to this on the CD. Centralia Branch, you might be listening to this on the CD. Anybody else who would pick this up and listen to it on the CD or watch on the internet, you've got to realize this. Orchardville is reach, teach, serve. I'm never going to outgrow that. I'm never going to get smarter than that. I'm never going to eclipse that. That is what we are about and we will continue to be about. Churches all over America gathering around the Word to understand the deep truth, and they haven't won anybody to Jesus in a hundred years. I'm not really impressed with what a person knows if they never try to win anybody to Jesus. We are commanded to win somebody to Jesus. I don't see the command of me learning something and knowing something that the guy down the street don't know. But I am commanded to win somebody to Jesus. I mean, to me, it's ludicrous. Oh, we're gathered around the Word. We got our little group. We're gathered around the Word, and, we're, and we're, we, we know something that the guy down the road don't know, and we're gathered around the Word. No. 
It'd be like somebody trying to break into your house and you go in and get in a shotgun and you put it down on the floor and you have the family gather around it. The guy's breaking in. It don't matter. We're gathered around the shotgun. Gathered around the shotgun. No, you pick the shotgun up and use the shotgun. Well, preacher. <laughs> Somebody trying to harm your family, you pick up a shotgun and use the shotgun. There we go. All right. Good grief. <laughs> you think New York City, this is this is Wayne County here. <clears throat> Theologians, too smart by half. Here's a theologian, what he wrote. Because the purpose of biblical doctrine is restricted through pre-theological paradigms that are influenced by spiritualizing technocratic assumptions, which do not sufficiently take into account the incarnational character of revelation, the specific cybernetic implications of biotic church development. That's one sentence. In particular, in particular, those growth automataisms which can be verified empirically, which in the context of a creation-oriented interpretation can be explained in theomatations. These things are often not well understood. You think? <laughs> you think? Thank God it's not up to some theologian to win anybody. I don't know if anybody would ever get one. Theologians, they go down deeper, stay down longer, and come up drier than anybody on the planet. See, I'm not, I'm not a piece of, an expensive piece of China. I'm, I'm, I'm the Chinette. Or I'm the, I'm the old plate that you use every day. I've got a favorite plate at home. It's got a He-Man character on it. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm a plain old plate. I don't need three forks and two spoons and eight knives. I can just stick that fork in my mouth and just suck all that noodles off there and say, bring on the apple pie. <laughs> I'm not the crystal in the cabinet. I'm just plain old glass. I'm not the piece of furniture that's too nice to sit in. No, I'm the arts and crafts chair I got at home that's just perfect and sits so nice. Like the one guy told his buddy, uh, my furniture goes back to Louis the 14th. And his buddy goes, well, that's nothing. My furniture goes back to J.C. Penney the 15th. <laughs> yeah, now you laugh. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a tuxedo waiting for a wedding somewhere. No, I'm the, I'm the, oh, the well-worn jacket that feels real good. That's what I am. Do you know why God's used me? Because I'm nothing special. Don't amen that. Because I'm nothing special. I'm nothing, I, I'm nothing special. One guy told me years ago, 
Rick Stratton said, preacher, if you'd get a toupee and get your tooth and get all your teeth fixed, you could really go somewhere in this life. I about said tooth fixed. <laughs> what you got if you got four women from, Ar from Arkansas? A full set of teeth. There's, there's. <clears throat> See, I'm not the smartest guy you know. I'm not. And never will be. But I am smart enough to tell you that everybody needs Jesus. I am smart enough to tell you that. Last year, 128 people came to faith in Jesus Christ through the efforts and the ministries of Orchardville Church. Right now, as of today, 139 people have come to Jesus. And I think the devil has sold the church at large a bill of goods by trying to complicate salvation. I am not trusting in communion. I'm not trusting in water baptism. I'm not trusting in good works. I'm not trusting in church attendance. I'm not trusting in a preacher. I'm not trusting in a, in a, a pastor. I'm not trusting in a rabbi. I'm not trusting in the Pope. I'm trusting in what Jesus Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Yeah, but preacher, what about the incarnation and propitiation and substitution and justification and regeneration? That's all God's part. My part's to believe. My part's to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. When we built this building right here, just this building you're in right here. When we built this thing eight, was eight years ago? Eight or nine years ago. Vince Sharp done the wiring. There are wires everywhere. There are wires in the wall. There are wires in the ceiling. There are wires in the concrete floor. There are wires underneath this thing right here. They've got a little deal right under here where you take it out and you get underneath it. And there's a thing that you can lay on and you can just, you can just go to town underneath there. And just take you wherever you want. You didn't know that, did you, kids? Don't be messing with that. Vince run all them wires, and there's conduit, and there's wires outside, and things are buried, and it goes to the pad mount outside. All of these wires everywhere, and then all the lights went up, and can lights out in the hall, and sconce lights, and these big lights here to where me and the wife got into an argument where all these lights should be, and they're exactly where I said they ought to be. Oh, yeah, that's how that goes. <laughs> All these can lights above the baptistry or above the uh, uh, balcony is what I'm trying to say. And then all the light bulbs going in. And all of that was done and took weeks and weeks and weeks, hours and 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 hours. And all we got to do is flip the switch. With all the expense and all the effort. And all the value of what it took God to bring salvation to man. And all we got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The devil tries to complicate everything, but God has made it simple. The devil tries to complicate baptism. 
Baptism is a picture of salvation. It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of salvation. You go down into the water, it's your old life buried. You come up out of the water, it's you in Jesus, a brand new man or woman. The old-timey preacher, he preaching away and said, here, I'll try to do it in an old-timey preacher uh, voice. (laughs) (laughs) Baptism washes away your sins. (laughs) That means your sins are in the water. (laughs) And if you drain the baptistry, (laughs) your sins are run down into the creek. (laughs) And the cows that drink the creek water, that all that baptistry went out into the creek huh, with all of your sins. Huh. And later on, you milk the cow. Huh. And you drink the milk. Huh. And you get your sins back. Baptism is not complicated. Baptism is simple. It's a picture of what happens to you on the inside. The devil tries to complicate the things of God. And God's made it simple. Why is that? Whosoever will. Chuck Colson passed away a few weeks ago. Let me tell you, there's very few Chuck Colsons in the world. I've seen that guy being interviewed on TV and it's not one of these deals to where he forgets what the balcony's called. No, he don't do stuff like that. Mm-mm. I've seen that guy being interviewed extensively, under pressure being interviewed. And it wasn't, hum, uh, mm. He had it. It was there in him. I mean, it was, it, that guy was masterful with how smart he was. But God didn't just come to save a guy like Chuck Colson. God came for us all. God came for us all. So when the devil tries to complicate the things of God, no, God on purpose put it on the lower shelf where everybody could reach it. Thank God he did. I've heard preachers talk about you're part of the invisible body, which is the church. Hogwash. I don't buy that. That kind of teaching leads to invisible members that give invisible checks. (laughs) I don't buy into that nonsense. The church is to get together. Here's what we're for. We're to get together and say howdy to each other and lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're for. That's what we're for. 25 years ago, I worked with a guy who in the process of time working with him, he told me, Mark, you're the only preacher I know. And at the time, I laughed about it. Later on, I didn't because I thought that places some responsibility upon this guy. I'm the only preacher this guy knows. And last year, Marty had cancer, and it was this preacher that he got a hold of. the only preacher that he really knew. And I went to his house and I presented the gospel message to Marty and he was converted and so was his wife. (laughs) 
gospel message is not complicated. You supply the sinner, God's already supplied the Savior. It's not complicated. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And the slings and arrows that comes this church's way because of us reaching people, it's just part and parcel with what goes on. And I'm willing, I got broad enough shoulders, I'm willing to accept that. That preacher just waters the gospel down. That's why he's got a lot of people. I hear a lot of stuff. I hear a lot of stuff. But I know what God's called us to do. And I'm going to keep doing that. Gospel message. It's not difficult. It's not difficult to understand. Across the board, this thing is not difficult to understand. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life. As much as I want to see people born again, God wants to see that happen 10 million more times than I do. And that's why he made it so easy. Let's all stand. Thank God. Thank God. Lord, my prayer, my hope, my desire today is that if there is someone here, and Lord, I don't know where people are at as far as their spiritual life. There are times it's hard enough to keep track of of me and what I need to be doing and where I'm at. So, Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't act like that I know the spiritual thermometer of everybody. I don't know. But, Lord, you're big enough to know us all. You're big enough to know each and every one. Lord, you died for all. You also died for each, each and every person. And you are big enough to be able to speak at their heart and knock at that door of their heart. And for someone here today that they've never said yes to you, but today it makes sense to them. This is a simple thing. Jesus died for me so that I would not have to die lost and go to hell, but I could live with Jesus forever and ever and ever. God, I ask and pray that you speak to that heart from the oldest to the youngest here and everybody in between. And if, that, and if that describes someone, Lord, they would grab someone by the hand. They would look over to someone and say, hey, would you come and pray with me? And we're going to see people born again into the kingdom of God today. Lord, if there's people with other needs, whatever varied needs they would be, God, that you would speak and draw them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on as they sing. If that describes you, we ask you, on the beckoning of the Spirit of God that you would respond to that right now. Come on as they sing. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus, give me Jesus.
Something personal, personal, personal. Whether it's the young people, middle-aged, the older people. I mean, there's no one here that can say, eh, it's really not that important for me. You know, uh, my grandpa, he was a preacher, and, and uh, I, you know, I, I've kind of got that through him, and I don't work that way. Don't work that way. Oh, well, you know, my dad, he was a preacher, and, and uh, you know, I don't really need to be that close or, you know, just have a personal relationship. I just kind of, you know on his coattails and don't work that way. God don't have grandchildren. He's got children. And whether it's young people, middle-aged, older, every one of us, a personal thing. It's a personal thing. Again, it's not very complicated. Not very complicated. Personal thing. When me and Kay were dating, driving down the road, somebody meet us, it looked like one person with two heads was driving that, she was just right there next to me, just right there next to me. Couldn't even hardly shift the gears. I mean, she was just, just right there next to me. Get married, have some kids. One day, I'm, she's over here and she looks over and says, What's, what's going on? Where's that closeness? We used to be right right together. And I looked over at her and just said, I'm where I've always been. <laughs> yeah, I'm where I've always been. It's not complicated. Personal relationship with Jesus. Not complicated at all. Thank God.
I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's not. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm not. And I'm glad God's made it just like he has. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.